Welcome to Machine Learning. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the companies that I've seen in uh, machine learning startups. It's been kind of a, a fascinating point for me is to think about uh, different companies that are have capitalized on the machine learning and uh, are building businesses based on AI. There is one uh, that's interesting that uh, he worked for Google and he did image recognition while he was at Google. And then he thought that he could specialize in breast cancer. And so he uh, applied the same uh, technology to medicine and they got access to, to 90,000 MRIs images and then trained the neural net for a specific type of identification of cancer. And it uh, was more accurate as a result of, of the study and worked with the doctors and it isn't done in near rear, rear t uh, real time. So the results were, were uh, immediate to be able to, to notify the patient and then the doctor could then review the imaging and talk to um, the patient about the potentials or identification of, of the cancer's areas. And then the imaging could be shown and the, and the uh, cancerous clusters then highlighted. So that was one area. Another area that I thought was kind of interesting was, um, let's see, find the name of it. Uh, Atomwise. That one was an interesting. It was interesting because he was working. Uh, the CEO was originally working in big data, and then his partner was working in computational biology. And then they decided. They got talking and they said, "Hey, you know, you have things." You have a skill set that we have. We have this new data set that became available. Um, and I was trying to think of where that data set came from. I think it may have been Stanford. And as a result of that data set, what they wanted to do was identify different molecules that would connect to proteins. And so if they could identify a particular protein, let's say, that was causing a particular type of disease, then they would be able to um, reduce the effect of that disease by neutralizing the protein that was causing it. 
So what was required is that they needed, he needed to understand computational biology and then the designs, and then design a molecule in pharma in the digital world with high accuracy. So he needed to be able to predict whether or not this molecule would bind to the protein. And the problem was is that there was so many proteins that they were finding a high degree of accuracy, but people weren't studying them. And that's because of um, the way that the money was flowing, maybe a number of occurrences people had of particular type of disease. But there were, <clears throat> there were some proteins that were less important, I guess, economically than others. And so uh, they, even though there was accuracy, there wasn't interest. And uh, so for, so what they, what they did is they created kind of an open form. And what they, the ORPL form did was allow them to um, have a particular protein that was requested. And a set, then they would uh, create a, a set of molecules that would possibly bind to that protein. And then they would send that to their to the partner. And then the partner would test it and send back the results. And they were seeing uh, huge accelerations in the uh, in the problem. So what originally the, the they had to do in order to decide whether the molecule would bind was they they created the molecule which was you know oxygen, carbon, hydrogen. Um, nitrogen they're different elements and they created a three instead of a 2d matrix which would have been uh like uh, the convolution neural now you know analyzing the convolution space for 2d space matching pattern matching they did it in three dimensions so they created a three-dimensional convolution neural net and then they were able to see uh, if if that 3D convolution neural net could identify whether or not that molecule would uh, bind the probability that it would bind to the uh, protein. And then they got really good results. So the same technology they were using for self-driving cars to identify objects was also used to identify molecules that were potential candidates for uh, binding to a protein. Well, and as institutions began to adopt this approach, they were getting, they were getting lots of, uh, of uh, new results, and those results were being fed back into the deep learning network, and, uh, and then the, the, the list of molecules uh, were, were increasing. And so it would be interesting to see if the effect of atomized or wise will be the invention of a number of new molecular medicines that if you have a um, genetic disease that uh, either at a young age or even at an older age that the, the molecule that would bind to these protein and reduce the effects of that disease uh, could be used. Okay, well that was one, one startup that I thought was interesting. Another one that I, I found interesting, it seemed like it had older technology was Canvas carts um, that technology was kind of like an autonomous vehicle 
and it was planning its path, but it, it didn't use wire. So it was moving around the warehouse. It went and did different tasks, scheduled tasks, and uh, it could adjust to its environment because it was building a voxel, voxel map, three-dimensional map, and then it was planning its navigational path through its environment. And uh, it reminded me of kind of like the shapely um, autonomous cart from Stanford, and it was moving about that same speed. And it's been interesting because that's been 20 years or, or maybe even more. That's probably in the 1960s, so we're talking maybe 60 years ago that you know we had neural nets that were capable of doing the same thing. So I imagine that um, as the, they, you know, maybe look at some of those older algorithms and, and the hardware that was running it, that they might get significant improvement in performance with what they have now. Um, but the, there was, there is a, a market for that, for the movement of parts and, and uh, having um, autonomous vehicles do that work. Okay, there's another company called Cresta. It uses AI to build relationships with your customer. This one is kind of interesting because, again, you know, I'm talking about using GPT-3 to understand context and communicate with via uh, bridge between uh, natural language processing and between the human customer and the and the uh, machine or the business represent the business. And what this does is uh, it improves the communication quality. So it's looking at listening to the conversation and it's learning what type of things work uh, semantic wise, you know, like a sentiment. If the person you need to be uh, cheerful, reinforce the person, uh, make them feel good and improve the customer experience. And also at the same time, it's pulling back relevant articles and suggesting particular actions that might need to be taken based on the conversation. And then it also can uh, help evaluate uh, the employee performance so you can come back and, and look at employees who aren't performing as well in terms of customer satisfaction as the employee and customers take the survey and they're getting rated lower that um, the, the machine can learn from that and then uh, give helpful guides almost like a coach coaching uh, while talking with the customer so that's Cresta the next one is uh, DataQ it has over 90 different classifiers and an AI pipeline it does a lot with configuration management so you have you know lots of data scientists working on a project and you need to schedule resources uh, to run your hyper tuning so it has schedules for running the hyper tuning looking for which um which which uh scripts we're going to run the best with the which parameters and then it also organizes projects and allows for some code resharing and um that's that's going to be more important as as machines like uh copilot begin to help w us write write code uh, we have Domino Data Lab that's new, uh, and uh, didn't didn't uh, do too much with that one. Let me just take a look at Domino. Yeah. So this is again Domino is looking at 
um, analyzing manufacturing data. So what a lot of these startups are doing is they're finding kind of niche areas that they get, they've identified customer pain points. And they realize that only a small, small percentage of manufacturing data that's collected is being analyzed and uh, patterns being discovered so that they, they've built kind of an automated way of ingesting the data and then finding trend or pattern that might be useful and helpful to making decisions and taking actions. Okay, uh, AI being used to uh, detect prostate cancer, we talked a little bit about. And one of the things about the, the cancer research is that the AI can do tasks that are extremely complex for identification of the cancer that that um, are going to give better visibility uh, into the data that hadn't existed before. So they could, could they could do a physical test and it would take an extreme amount of time, but then if they did it um, um, by AI, then then it, they could do more in the digital world and help find things quicker in the physical world. Okay, falconry is a ready-to-use machine learning tool, um, and so it's it's a it's valuable that way. And um, I think that's where I'll quit for right now. Uh, I'll talk to you later.